Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. of the Lord today, this morning, first Sunday of December, I do believe it is, already, which pretty much the last two years has kind of been like a, just one continuous day, right? Amen, but we are glad you are here today. Praise God. We're going to call your attention this morning to the book of Isaiah, Brother Clemson tried to preach my message, but he couldn't strike it. Isaiah 9, we're going to read verses 6 and 7, then Matthew 1, 21 through 23. And of course, I'm going to ask Brother Cliff if he would stand and stay on them track lights. Amen. All right, here we go. Yes, sir. This is kind of, I guess, this is my Christmas message because all of a sudden it's here and Jeff is next Sunday and then the Christmas program and then the next Sunday is the Sunday after Christmas. So here we go. So it's now or never. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. I don't want to have responsibility, do you? And his name. Pretty much stop right there, right? And his name, because we know that name. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth, even forevermore. That means there's no end to it. But I like this, right? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Howard, you got somebody that's, He's committed to this thing. He's excited about it. He is zealous. He's going to get this thing done. Amen. And then uh, verse number seven, or did they already read that? I don't know where you're at. Where are you? Okay. And then uh, Matthew. Amen. Matthew 1, 21 through There? I need a clicker. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Greek form. This is from the Amplified Bible. And uh, the Greek form of the Hebrew, Yahshua, which means Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. That is, 
prevent them from failing and missing the true end and scope of life, which is God. All this took place that it might be fulfilled, which the Lord had spoken through Joshua. Behold, the virgin shall become pregnant, give birth to a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which when translated means God with us. And there, of course, making reference to the book of Isaiah. Amen. So with that this morning, I'd like to speak to you on this thought. It's a wonderful time of the year. Amen. Praise God. Would you just lift your heart one more time to the Lord here this morning? Heavenly Father, we praise you. We thank you for your words that we have already heard. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, God, that we have felt here already today. We ask, God, that you would touch our minds, our hearts to receive your word. Amen. God, may your anointing flow here this morning. Oh, God, and help us, Lord. Help us receive a better understanding of the glory of God in Christ Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Isaiah has been called the New Testament prophet. His name even means the Lord is salvation. And it would be a challenge to find anywhere in the Bible a more powerful vision than Isaiah catches in chapter number 6. Enough to just knock your, your lights off, right? It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Just the flowing of the back of his robe filled the place with his glory. And he said, I saw angels crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the whole earth is full of his glory, they were saying. And then he saw the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then an angel came. Isaiah said, Whoa! Woe is me. He said, well, I, I have saw some things and heard some things. He says, I am a man of iniquity. Woe is me. I'm unclean. He says that. Man, imagine this. You can't even imagine this. An angel goes over and picks up a live coal from off the altar. There's an altar in heaven that apparently is on fire. And I don't know if that's some of the smoke that's filled the place or not, but there's an altar that is on fire. And Isaiah says, woe is me, I'm unclean, I, 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 I don't belong here. And the, he says that an angel goes over, the angel can't even touch the altar and without... It says that he brings a tong, you know, a barbecue thing. He reaches over, 
he picks up a live coal. And he flies back and he places it on Isaiah's mouth. Oh. And he says, it touched my lips. And the, and the angel says, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Wow. That, that, my friend, is a, that, my friend, is an experience. And then there's a voice that says, who will go? And I say, I will go. How can I not go after this, Lord? Amen. Then we find in Isaiah 7 and 14, he writes, we read, and there's been reference already made it, after his experience at heaven's altar, and, and I know chronologically this may or may not be accurate, but I'm just going by chapter to chapter here. And, and verse in chapter 6, he receives this, this uh, experience, and then 7 and 14, he writes, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. It will, because I am zealous to bring this to pass. During the same time period, Micah the prophet and Isaiah, they lived in the same time period. They were neighbors, just joking. Don't know if they ever met. But what we do know is that for confirmation, God moved on Micah's heart. Here's what he writes in chapter number 5 and verse 2. He says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from everlasting. Now, too bad they didn't, you know, have phones back then. I said, Whoa, Micah, I just read the. You know, I read your message, this, I read your text this morning. God told you that. I, let me tell you, he told me the same thing. And of course, the nation of Israel is living in a time of great distress. Isaiah calls it, you can read the preceding verses, he calls it a time of gloom and darkness. Their fear is being invaded by the Assyrian army and they form an alliance with another nation. Little do they know this decision that's based upon strength and numbers is going nowhere without their God. Little do they know that that decision will only lead to their ultimate ruin and complete destruction. Within a few short years, they will be defeated as a nation and Jerusalem, including their beautiful temple of worship, will be in ruins. But then, Isaiah doesn't leave them there though. Here's what he writes to them and us, if you will. He said, but there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. For with judgment comes the promise of salvation. This is from the Amplified Version. 
He said in earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Natali with contempt. That's where the Assyrians first started coming in to conquer them. He says, but later on, he will make the honored by the presence of the Messiah, by the way of the sea, on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. He says later on, he says, I'm going to allow something and produce something that will come from that same area that is absolutely going to be mind-boggling. He says, for by the way of the sea, he says, those people who walk in spiritual darkness today, they will see a great light. And those who live in the dark land, the light will begin to shine on them. He says, you, O God, will increase this nation. You will multiply their joy. They will rejoice before you like the joy and the jubilation of the harvest time. They will rejoice when this occurs as if they are dividing the spoil from a victory on the battlefield. He says when this takes place, they are going to rejoice in a fashion that exceeds anything. He says, for you will break the yoke of Israel's burden. He says, I'm gonna, it's, the Assyrians are coming after you right now because of your, because of your uh, indecisive commitment to me. He says, but I'm telling you, I am zealous for you. I'm going to do something and I'm going to break the yoke of your burden." And I love the way he, he, he parallels it and the staff on their shoulders. And he parallels it as at the battle of Midian. Got to love that, right? Gideon and fighting the Midianites. 32,000 shows up and he whittles it down to 300. He says, now we're ready. He says, you just wait until this occurrence happens in that little insignificant town called Bethlehem. He says, every soldier's garment rolled in blood will be used for burning, fuel for the fire. And then he says this, he says, For unto us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to the increase of His government and of peace. He's got a kingdom that is everlasting. He's got a kingdom that is multiplying day by day by day by day. Even right now, there is somebody that is being born of the water and of the Spirit. He is in the multiplying business. He said, he shall rule on the throne of David over his kingdom. This is, the church is the kingdom of God. They, in a
infant stage, one of these days that he's going to have his kingdom and we are going to see him as he is, the almighty God, the everlasting Father. It says, and he will establish it. He will uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward, from the beginning and forevermore. He said, and the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. You know that word zeal? When he was cleansing the temple, he says, for his zealousness, how's it go? His zealousness hath consumed him. You got to understand, is that this thing was born in fire. Let me say it again. This thing was born on the day of Pentecost with a baptism of fire. It was baptized by the Spirit of the one that prophesied this thing into existence. It was built. It was birthed. It was founded. It exists today because of his zealousness, of his spirit that is propelling the church into eternity. Aren't you glad that you don't have to depend on men to accomplish this thing? It's the spirit of God that is moving through men. And we move ahead 700 years to a starry night outside the small town of Bethlehem. 700 years. He said, don't worry about it, Isaiah. I just gave you a preview of Christmas. He says, you don't have to worry. You write the words down. You're going to be long gone by the time it happens. He says, but I want you to know that what you're writing, it will be fulfilled. 700 years, a starry night in Bethlehem. You can read about the wonderful Emmanuel, God with us, as Mary is visited by the angel Gabriel. She's told she would conceive a child of the Holy Ghost and was to call his name Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. No, you were to call his name Jesus because that is God with us. Because he will save me from my sins. That's why he was zealous. That's why he brought these great visions and these prophetic words to mere mortal men that would inspire them somehow to write down these visions and the glory of these words that would come to them how do, you, how do you write those kind of things? But it was his, his zeal, his, his zealousness, his love, because he said, I will destroy. Yes, Brother Clementson, 
I have come to destroy the works of the devil. His name, Jesus. Again, Matthew 1, 22, 23 says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah. I want you to know it's 700 years. That's only about three quarters of a day for me, you know, one day, thousand years. He says, I want you to know in your time, I might be a little bit late, but I want you to know, son, that one of these days when we get to that place, I'm going to tell you and everybody's going to tell you, hey, Isaiah, you know those words that you wrote that 700 years, I want you to know it occurred in a little place called Bethlehem. It says, all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and you will bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us, Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, the spoken word in flesh, if you will, the invisible Paul writes, he says, he is the image of the invisible God. I like what one writer says. He says, Bible prophecy is simply history written in advance. Well, let's look at his name according to this verse just a little bit, if you would. Pretty astounding when you look at it. And I'm going to be leaning a little bit more towards uh, the wonderful, but can you catch this for me? Thank you. You're the man, Michael. I know better than try to wear that thing. But let's look at you know, the way that he begins it. The way he, be, you shall, he shall be called, he starts off, Wonderful. And there is no comment in in 90% of the translations, okay? There's no comment between wonderful and counselor. Simply as wonderful counselor. The word wonderful carries a much more powerful definition than what we might understand. It comes from a Hebrew word, pala, meaning it's too high. It's marvelous. It's an object of astonishment. Or simply, when you run out of ways to describe it, it says simply, it's a miracle. God says, Isaiah, the first word you want to write there when you're talking about my name, he says, you need to write, you need to remind that people that that name is going to, it's going to be too high for them to understand. It's going to be way out there. It's going to be so powerful. It is to them. The only way that I can get it to you is that it is way too wonderful. It's too high. It's a miracle. Astonishment. 
fact, in Genesis 18, 14, when God visits Abraham and Sarah, they are laughing at the promise of God. The Lord poses the question, is anything too hard for the Lord, Abraham? That phrase, anything too hard for the Lord, is the same Hebrew word, palah, which simply means, is there anything too wonderful? <laughs> Abraham, is there, too, is there anything too wonderful that I will not do for you, even in the miraculous? He says, you may be 100 years old. He says, but you need to understand that I am wonderful when it comes to my people. Is there anything too miraculous, Abraham? Counselor here means, get this, counselor means to be able, he's so wonderful, his name is so wonderful. Counselor here means to be able to consult for advice, for direction, for purpose to my life, to determine an outcome that I need help with, to seek a resolution concerning a particular situation that I'm going through. Oh, he is, Isaiah, write down, he said, to let him know, I am a wonderful counselor. My door will be open, and I offer to them the miraculous outcome for whatever they're seeking my counsel in. Yeah, he is the mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. Get this, the mighty God can be translated God hero. Shut up. Mighty warrior. Powerful champion. That's what that name of Jesus is. He is, he is my hero he is my powerful champion that has not ever nor will he ever know defeat he's my champion he is the everlasting father that means he is my heavenly father and get this not just right here on earth he will forever be my Heavenly Father, even when I am in heaven, He will still be there throughout eternity in His glorified body that He brought back from the dead. You understand? We, we, he is so wonderful that He said, I will live, I will be your everlasting Father when you get to the place that I am preparing for you. There will never be a separation. I will always be there, and you will always be in my presence. He is the Prince of Peace. Try. We will one day. I don't know how all of it trans tires, you know, but one of these days, oh yeah, he will be in Jerusalem. He will be ruling from that city of David. 
And there somewhere outside the city limits, G.K. will be there knocking on his door saying, Hey, what do you want me to do today? For a thousand years, he will be the Prince of Peace on earth. <laughs> but Isaiah, that's only the start for the people that have obeyed the gospel according to the, you know, to the gospel writers. He says that's only the start because one of these days we're going to live in peace. We will live in peace. You don't have to worry about owning a Nordstrom's in L.A. and 50 people bust down the windows and they ride their bicycles through and load up. And if it's only, if it's less than $1,000, it's okay. Or whatever. You get the drift. Wonderful counselor. Oh, you understand? He's the miraculous counselor. Okay? I need advice. Oh, I birthed that in Bethlehem for you, by the way. I need some, I need some professional, ad- oh, okay. I birthed that for you. I am the wonderful counselor. Oh, being it. Lord, I need direction. Do I go to Starbucks today or do I go to Roasters today? Do I go to McDonald's today or do I go to Dairy Queen today? Lord, I need, I need direction in my life. Oh, okay. I birthed that for you. You come to me. I am, I am the wonderful counselor. My name is Jesus. I need direction. Okay. Heads. Heads, we go to Mickey D's. Tells we go. He birthed the zealousness of his desire for you and me to be fulfilled in this life, to be successful in this life, to live a powerful life. He birthed it. Last time I checked, it said that he wasn't the God of confusion. But I need direction. Okay, my door is always open, but, you know, I, you know, my Kennewick High School diploma may not get it done for you. Just saying. Some of my real life experiences might help you. But if you really want to go see the professional, my advice would be to go see the miraculous counselor that was birthed in God. Lord, I need some help. I need a determined outcome. Okay. You know, this thing's been bugging me and bugging me and bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. And I've thought about it 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 and I've read about it. Hello. Why don't you just pull up a chair, recline it, okay, take your couch for a minute. 
and tell me all of your problems. Because I just, I think that I might be able to help you. Because I am, because I am the wonderful, the miraculous counselor. I am your undefeated champion if you need me. I am your hero. You need a hero. Come to me. I am your hero. I'm the warrior that's never lost a battle. You want it, you need a champion. I'm here for you. Advice, direction, and outcome, a resolution. Not a revolution, but a resolution. Psalm 107, 8, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. See, every, everything He does is wonderful. It's a wonderful time to be alive. It's a wonderful time that we live in. Today's just a wonderful time. Isaiah wrote about it. I'm living his future. Thank you. Was that an amen? Thanks, Silas. Appreciate it. And me or Bud. Psalm 139.6, Lord, you have searched me. You know me. You know my sitting down, my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, he says. You, you, you know. Wait a minute. Now, did you know I was going to wear black shoes today, Lord? I mean, I had to flip a coin, you know, decide whether it was gray or black or blue. Not really. Sometimes I do, though. <laughs> he, know, he knows. He says, it's too wonderful for me even to, to get it into my brain. He says, because you know me when I'm sitting down. You know me when I'm going up. He says, you know my thoughts afar. In other words, you know even what I'm going to think tomorrow. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Psalm 45, many, O Lord, are the wonders you have done and your thoughts toward us. No one can compare with you. They are too many to be numbered, he says. And Bethlehem gave birth to Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Luke 2.52, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God. Matthew 13.54, from the Amplified, the Bible says Jesus walked in and he started teaching them a little bit from... Use the word made flesh. Ooh. It says, and they were astonished. They said... Where did this man get his wisdom? Ooh. 
Where did he get his wisdom and these miraculous powers and what is the source of his authority? In other words, who does he think he is? I guess Jesus told him, he says, search the scriptures. You think you have eternal life? They're talking about me. He says, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sin. But they were like, whoa, we're like, where does this make his, where does he get his miraculous powers? Because he is the, he is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God, and his name is Jesus. Mark 6 and 2. Where did he get his miraculous power, they asked, simply because of the word. Christ. Can't describe him. Colossians 2, 2 and 3 says, For my hope is, listen to this, Paul writing. He says, For my hope is that their hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love, so that they may have all, so that they may have all the riches that come from the full assurance, the fulfillment, the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation, resulting in a true and a more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures, of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purpose of God. That don't fill your cup. He says, he says, once you once you get once you get entangled in the richness of the miraculous, of the treasures that God has only, only, only revealed through Christ Jesus and His Word. It is the treasure of life itself. Wow. Now, want Brother... Cliff, if you would, would you turn to John 14, 26, 27 from the Amplified? I hope that Amplified version is the same I got on my phone. They do vary just a little bit, but let's see if we got it here. Now listen to this. But the Comforter. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody else better read some of that for me. But the Comforter, the Counselor, the Helper. The intercessor, my advocate, my strengthener, the stand-by-me guy, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place. Better take a minute and just 
read that silently on your own, okay? Because that's way, that's way too much. You understand? Is it we put a lot of emphasis on the new birth experience because not only is that repentance and remission of sins, but it is the infilling of the mighty counselor, the helper, my God hero, my warrior, my advocate, my strengthener, my standby. The Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. It don't really say that. Yeah, it does. He, no, wait, I didn't finish. What are you doing to me? Get this. He will teach you all things. And he will cause you to totally recall. <laughs> will remind you of and bring your remembrance everything. Everything. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, I, the Lord of hosts, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, he's going to do this. He is going to bring this to pass. And he will be your the Holy Ghost is your wonder in you. Peace I leave with you. My own peace. Oh, he is the prince. He's the prince of peace. He says that, that which I'm going to give you, he is going to be my peace that I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Why? Because I got the wonderful part inside. I got the wonderful part inside of me. It's that wonderful inside of me. I watched this hand. Did you crash and burn again? No, I didn't. Don't worry about it. Always ask me that. No, I'm okay. No, I did not fall. Wow. As you stand. On the day of Pentecost, Acts 2.11. Watch this. Every nation under heaven was present and accounted for at the birthday of the church. They said, we do hear them speak with other tongues the wonderful works of God. Tell us... <laughs> oh. I wonder what they what they were saying. They it's just simply they were talking they, in an unknown tongues as they received the Holy Ghost. They were revealing the hidden truths of God. They were talking about His wonderful works that He was doing. Then 
There's a reason to rejoice greater than a good harvest. You read that those preceding verses. Isaiah said, there's a time coming. It's You're going to rejoice. You're going to have a reason to rejoice far greater than if you were sitting on a, a barn full of, of, you know, golden wheat and there wasn't enough room. He says, you're going to have something to rejoice about that is going to be far more greater than a victory on the battlefield and you dividing the spoils of the war. He says, I'm telling you, you're going to have something that you are going to be rejoicing about from day in and day out. Isaiah said, joy is increased. Light prevailed. Oh, yeah. The joy of the Lord. What? Is that? Oh, come on. I can't get strength by the... Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can be strengthened by the joy of the Lord. You know why? Because the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is not meat nor drink but is it righteousness, joy, and peace? The peacemaker, not the pacemaker, makes a difference. And the joy, the joy maker, the joy maker is inside of you. And so you can rejoice because he's wonderful. Do we have any magicians? Colton, I guess you're in. Play the drum. You don't necessarily need I know they're busy practicing. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Oh, wait a minute. But when I give you my light, that means that you're, oh yeah, you're shining brightly this morning. You're the light. And don't be trying to hide it under whatever the bush or the basket or whatever it is. Isn't that what he said? Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. So when I leave, I'm going. You don't have to worry about, you know, finding light in a candle somewhere because if you've got the baptism, okay, it's going to be a fire, and the fire definitely is not just smoke and mirror, but it's going to set off some light. We are living in a wonderful time. We're living in Isaiah's future. But we are even alive and looking for the ultimate time. As much as we have in this life through the gospel, you understand is this is this this is our what it, it, I don't want to use the bad day, right? But this is this is the worst. This is the worst that will on your best day in this life, it's going to be the worst you'll ever have. Because we're looking forward to a day. He says, "Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in me. I showed you. Okay, I wrote about it seven hundred years ago. All right, 
I proved it at Bethlehem. I went to the cross for you. I allowed him to, you know, stick the nails in my hands. I allowed him to put me. I didn't have to go to that tomb. I allowed them to put me on the cross, put me in the tomb. But I told them that in three days, he said, in three days, I will raise this temple back up. And he said, if I go away and prepare a place, I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. Why? Because I am zealous. I burn for my church. I burn to have you as a light to this world. We will live with the Prince of Peace. What a wonderful time to be alive. I know it's hard to get all that right inside. It's hard to get that in here. If we, if we remotely understood what I have preached here this morning, I'm telling you, we would never be the same again. We would never get stuck in a rut. We would never go downhill. We would never reach a plateau and not want to get higher with God because we know that He is wonderful. He is my miraculous counselor, advocate, high priest. What more do you want but His name? His name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And there is no other name given. There is no higher name in the universe. When you speak His name with the knowledge of who He is, all of the universe, including the angels, they hear the word Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. They hear Him. They hear the words of your You're here this morning. I forgot he is your great physician too, by the way. You name it, he's it. Whatever. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, whatever your need is this morning, I challenge you that God is not finished with you yet. You are stuck. It's time to put the chains on. You need salvation. Don't. Don't leave. Don't leave without an understanding of what it takes. Hallelujah. If you need a miracle this morning, we're going to open this front to you. We're going to invite you to come and to seek the Lord here for a few minutes.